little bit of a hey, we're back. So hey, we're back. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of a hey, we're back. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's 2020. <laughs> uh, Becca and I both put on our our you know pull ourselves up by our 2020 bootstraps. We're leaving <laughs> 2019 behind. We closed that out with the last episode and decided that I decided that if I was going to do this, I was going to do it right. So we needed to glow up. Becca, you know, coined that glow up, so I'm going to give her the uh, the props for that. But I just uh, had a little little bit of extra time during the break at the end of it. Had a good Christmas break. Um, how about you, Beck? Did you have a good break? Uh, it was a break. <laughs> okay, maybe we won't uh, talk uh-huh. about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we started off good. Let's don't go back. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so I had a little bit extra time, and I was like, uh, as often happens in this house, my wife, Stacy. You know, she she has some brilliant ideas sometimes. She's been listening to podcasts a lot. And she was like, hey, I've seen these ads for Anchor. Maybe you should check that out. It seems like you have a lot of frustrations with the way you've been putting the podcast together. And there's some errors and things. And, you know, you got so much going on. Like, let's look at this and see if we can't make it easier. And sure enough, it's been the solution to the problems for us. We, we got ourselves a glow up. On the the way things look, I'm put it together a new logo for the podcast, which I think is pretty popular. Have you seen some feedback? We've on that? had a lot of people that really like it, especially people saying that it looked like a hockey logo. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like <laughs> hockey. I'm, I'm I'm all for that. So we got that going, and then everything in the back end with Anchor is just so intuitive, and you know they should call it like podcasts for for beginners or podcasts for dummies. Uh, I hate that <laughs> word, but it's really made things a lot easier. We're looking forward to um, having a bigger year with the podcast. And we started off with wanting to talk a little bit about the Golden Globe Awards. Uh, did you watch those, Beck? I did. I watched the whole thing. First time in many years. Yeah. Do you like award shows? I used to when I was younger. But now, I mostly just go to watch the people in the background. Oh, yeah. And the Golden Globes is the best for that because everybody's yeah. just sloshed at that uh-huh. one. I loved that. <laughs> Yeah, they should. The Oscars should like think about just you know having some servers come around or something. <laughs> they need more of an open bar that's like attainable. Like people yeah. need to be able to get more drinks at the Oscars. And we talked in our 2019 recap about how there weren't a lot of great movies, but then when uh the last well I guess in the first week of January, Stacy and I went to the movies several times and we saw a few things that came out in 2019, but that we didn't get here. Uh, things like Little Women mm-hmm. and uh, Bombshell. And I was just really impressed with both of those. And so I was looking forward to the Golden Globes because there were a lot of women this year. Not necessarily nominated in categories that I wish they were, like the Best Director and things like that. But there were a lot of the women that, you know, we as queer women like. Exactly. There was a lot of the queer content there at the Golden Globes this year. Mm -hmm. Like, it opened up those doors for us and let us see them. One of the uh, pop-up things for me that I didn't know was happening uh, was Kate McKinnon presenting the uh, one of those honorary Carol awards. Burnett. The Carol Burnett Award to Ellen DeGeneres. Now, I'm not the world's biggest Ellen DeGeneres fan. Send your mail. I'll take it. I'll take bring all comers and comments. That's fine with <laughs> me. But I'm a huge Kate McKinnon fan, as I know you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh darn it. She's just so likable and lovely uh-huh. and delightful. And funny, and smart, and boy. I think she was the right person for that job right there. Like, for that speech. Like, it went really well. And I think it was 
because it was personal to her, it was very well received. Mm -hmm. But it was also not too personal in the fact that it wasn't just all super sad. Like, I know that, like, you're not, I knew you weren't a big Ellen fan, but I grew up with Ellen. Mm -hmm. Like, she was my, my time frame of things. And, like, I grew up watching Ellen's shows and stuff with my parents. I, I did the same thing. I I know Ellen from before she had a show when she was just a stand-up and okay. was hilarious. One of our favorites. My problem with Ellen, and we'll just get into it a little bit. We won't talk long because <laughs> we're gonna take. We got a lot of stuff to talk about with the L word this week, but I yes. do. I do want to touch on this because I think I have a valid point. My problem, my issue with Ellen, I'm, I can give her all the props in the world for who she was and what she did, and and you can't take that away from her, mm -hmm. but. I don't think that she's in touch anymore with average, regular, run-of-the-mill gay folk. Yes, you're right. So some of her takes on things, such as the Kevin Hart controversy mm -hmm. and uh, the George Bush, you know, everything isn't good. Everything isn't nice. Everything isn't, let's just be kind to each other and it'll all work out. Mm -hmm. Yes, be kind when you can. But also, you kind of got to call people on their shit. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, 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 I see where people are coming from and where that, like, feeling of it comes from. Mm -hmm. So. I, I think also that all started, from what I can gather, when, you know, she did come out and she was super popular and the biggest thing. But then the career just was taking nosedive and she retreated mm -hmm. to a safe space. And that safe space was to become a non-threatening lesbian. Yes. Because lesbians are so threatening. Well, I um, mean, according to most people, they are. <laughs> we're, we're supposedly like these big, mean, angry people all the time. I've never been threatened by a lesbian in any manner in my life, but maybe by every other type of person. <laughs> you know, just uh, now you say that. No, I haven't either. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because we're on the same sapphic yep. vibes uh <laughs> it's because they feel like we'll threaten them first that's what it is yeah it's just really who's gonna get to it first yeah and so maybe that that was her thing you know i, I need to become the safe lesbian I, I just don't like the homogenization to drop a big word in there of our mm -hmm. culture uh we are people like everyone else we have all the same issues needs wants desires and i don't think that we need to put those back in a drawer for to the appeasement of the public or the soccer moms or the grandmas i feel like she's the soccer mom grandma lesbian you know what whatever she I has to that. whatever she has to do to get by that's fine but then when it, she comes around in the tail end in the last year or so with the kevin hart controversy saying that you know when he got took shit for saying he would beat his son if he was gay and mm -hmm. things like that and uh you know he there was backlash from the queer community and she said uh, something along the lines of those are just haters. Well, you're not in our shoes. You can walk down the street, Ellen DeGeneres, and not get anyone catcalling you, anyone yeah. threatening you. You don't you can hold Portia de Rossi's hand and walk down through Rodeo Drive and do whatever you want to do, but you ain't doing that in Bowling Green, Kentucky, um, without fear. I think that that's part of the problem with the whole Ellen thing and why some people, like you're saying, don't really care for her is because she did come from a place, you know, that, like, yeah. she started out knowing what it was like. And I think that somewhere in the middle it got a little bit muddy for her mm -hmm. because she did get to be included in things that queer people necessarily were not. 
Yes. So I think that that's where it starts to, where that line of where people kind of see what she's doing wrong, but like she's still, you know, she's still a part of the community, but at the same time, it's not the same community. So I, I do see that, yes. Yeah, so it would do, I think, a, a, a little bit of good for her to maybe understand that and a little self-reflection and and think about it because a lot of other people are thinking about it and we just don't get any kind of response back other than just be nice to people just be kind to people i mean i totally understand like people's feelings on that i think i just have a deep connection with her because my great grandmother we used to watch the uh the ellen like tv show to get like not tv show the talk show together with it was me my great grandma my grandma and my mom we'd all sit and watch it in the afternoons and one day, my great-grandma was sitting there, and she was watching Ellen, and she looked at me, and she goes, you know, that girl's just not right. She's just, there's something funny about her. And I knew what she was saying, but she wasn't saying it. And I'm just sitting there thinking, Nanny, I'm real funny, too. <laughs> and it hit you like a like a dagger, uh-huh. didn't it, when she said to you, yeah. like, oh. I'm being seen right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> exactly. And I was like 13 and I was like, oh, God. Uh, okay. Yeah. She's real funny. <laughs> well, we had a, a group of uh, friends over uh, of mixed um, uh, business. Uh, we had some queer and some uh, non-queer uh, friends over <laughs> to watch. That's the, the way to put it. <laughs> to watch the globes with us. And a good point was brought up during the uh, during the thing for Ellen. Um, somebody and it may have been Stacy. I'm not sure, said, you know, there was a lady named Rosie O'Donnell who was on TV, too. She didn't compromise anything. Uh-huh. Has she gotten any one of these type of accolades from anyone ever? I can't think of anything. I don't think she got any awards, no. She was maybe more popular than Ellen. Oh, I remember Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Also, Rosie O'Donnell had her own talk show that then did toys at Burger King. Yes. I have the toys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, I remember her. Our family, uh, our son asked us to go on those Rosie O'Donnell uh, gay family cruises that they did the yeah. HBO documentary about. We did two of those. Amazing. That's awesome. Always be indebted to Rosie. She sticks to her guns, so that's a that's a characteristic that I like. <laughs> All right, let's I mean, move. I get that. Let's 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 move a little bit. Um, Let's talk about the fashion of the Golden Globes. Yeah, we should talk about the fashion because we've we've been uh, texting back and forth a little bit about that because, (laughs) you know, oddly enough for I'm sitting here in like an olive green T-shirt that I wear every day of the week and my boots and my jeans. And I see you've got the customary flannel on. I've got my this is my stay at home flannel. This one's like a size bigger. So it's comfier. Yeah. Like it's a nice like sit at home thing. It's not your formal flannel. No, no. I've got plenty of those. That might be something to think about, like classifications of flannel. Now I'm going to be thinking about that all day. <laughs> so you and I are totally suited to judge the fashions of the rich and oh, famous yeah. from the Golden Globes. I mean, <laughs> I sent a few images to you, and the one that first popped up for me that I was like, this was my winner for the night, and then you topped me on it. Hmm. Okay. Um. <laughs> terminology, Connie. Terminology. <laughs> Renee Zellweger in that powder blue, just sleek, lovely gown with the little bit of glitter flare around the top mm-hmm. rim of it, sitting against her tanned and toned skin with that blonde hair, <laughs> that Texas smile, and then that speech when she got up there and suddenly slipped back into her original Texas drawl. 
I was so confused. I was like, where did this come from? I didn't even remember she was from Texas. A few of the folks in her room were like, why is she talking like that? And I was like, well, she's from Texas. I guess she remembered. But I felt like she was channeling Matthew McConaughey a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was waiting for an all right, all right, all right, you know, to pop out of there. But she she was the thing for me that was most striking. And I sent that to you and I said, I think this is my winner. And then you dropped in one for me that I just, we just talked about her, but I just blipped across it. I think maybe the only person I saw wearing a suit. Kate McKinnon. It was a winner. Well, the suit was simple. From far away, you couldn't really tell all the detailing in it. But the fact that it had like, it was like embossed with sparkly flower patterns. Yeah. That you couldn't tell that that's what it was. Yeah. It was just beautiful. It was like a little bit of a non-binary binary suit. Exactly. We got the suit cut and then we we're like, well, let's toss a little feminine floral in here too mm-hmm. that you've really got to dig to see. Um, she looked great in it. So I, I always love a suit or a suit uh, adjacent red carpet outfit remember when (laughs) billy porter would wear the suit top that turns into the dress you know yes that was always really cool yeah who else was a good one for you uh i really enjoyed helen mirren's look yeah that was a great color it was like it was just classic for her like she looked good yeah the color for me went so well with her hair it was like a like a cranberry or something Mm -hmm. just plain simple the one color a little bit of poof to it moved really well she was out there showing it off that was cool golly and then jody comer we had we both had differing views on that one <laughs> we had feelings yeah the color the green the emerald mm-hmm. like the gone with the wind looking kind of green with mm-hmm. her coloring and her beautifulness was um <laughs> was striking but it was an odd cut it's like uh she was i don't i can't, I can't even it was a potato sack that then had puff balls for arms. <laughs> like, I just, it wasn't, the cut wasn't flattering. There was nothing wrong with the way that, like, because she pulled it off. She did. Yeah. But I think she pulled it off because of the coloring. Mm-hmm. Because that cut, dear God, it didn't even look like it touched her body at all. It looked like it had, like, a reinforced inside that kept it puffed out like a potato bag. Yeah. Like, yeah, like when I you get know. the when you get the bag of chips and it's like puffed up and then the when chips are <laughs> the chips are only a quarter of the bottom of the bag. Her dress was a bag of chips. Yeah, that's exactly what it looked like and it felt it was kind of sad because you know, she always looks pretty. Yes. And when she was sitting down and they only showed like the top half, she looked fine. <laughs> yeah. But when she was standing up, I was very confused about what <laughs> Uh, what what that body do? Like, that's that's essentially what was happening. Two other things confused me I want to touch on. Um, Kate Blanchett, our Grand House Supreme, <laughs> Kate Blanchett, let's, you know, God love her, was wearing a dress that all I could see was Hed- Hedwig's hair. I didn't see that until you said that. <laughs> and then it's all I could see, and I couldn't stop laughing at it. Anytime another picture came up, I was like, oh, dear God. Oh, it's like she saw the show and she was like, yes, that. That is what I will be. You know, in the Carmilla movie, when um, Elle comes up around Laura, Laura and engulfs her, I was yes. waiting for John Cameron Mitchell to come up around Kate Blanchett and engulf <laughs> her and slide into his headpiece there. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> And then another person who I think often makes a weird fashion thing, uh, but is at all these shows, Gwyneth Paltrow. 
Did you see that? <laughs> it looked like she got caught in her pantyhose. I think that she wanted to wear a ghillie suit, but then was like, I need it to be sexy and see-through. Because mm-hmm. it was all the little, like, uh, oh, God, the little things that fall off trees, the pollen. Uh, oh, God, I don't know what they're called. There are these little brown pollen-looking things that just fall out of trees here, and they cover your cars. That's what they looked like. It's just yeah. I don't know what moss. I don't know what those are. I stay in my house 99% of the time. Uh, well, when I had to drive every single day, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you deal with that. It just looked to me like she got caught in more than one pair of pantyhose <laughs> and just kept trying to put other ones on and then just <laughs> said, let this shit just hang here with these sheerness and these rows of stuff and balls on them. And I just... And it was sheer see-through. You could see through everything, but I did not want to see anything that was going on under it. That's the thing. Like, And I will say, her body is rock solid. Yes. It is. Yes. But why did you put it in that? Why'd you put it in a big pantyhose? <laughs> I don't understand people's... That's the thing. We we dress kind of the same of like on a daily basis. <laughs> I need to understand people's extraness in their fashion. <laughs> like, I really don't get it. Yeah, there was there were some choices, but uh, overall, I enjoyed the Globes this year. Uh, Ricky Gervais aside, uh, I, I liked a few of the things that he had to say as the host, but I'm going to put out this. I put it out on Twitter, and I'm going to say it again. Golden Globes, let's get Kate McKinnon to host this bitch next year. Oh, yeah. We need to bring it back around to that. It'll get us back to those Tina Fey, Amy Poehler vibes, which were the best year for that in forever. All right, so we're wrapping up the Globes. The rest of this episode is going to be unusual because we don't normally talk about just one thing, but we're going to talk about the reboot of the L Word, L Word Generation Q. So I was around, how old were you when the L Word first, the original L Word came out, Beg? It came out in 2004. Oh God, I, I don't know. How old am I now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 24. Um, It is 2020, so I was... Six? I can't Five or six? I can't even do that math. So, okay. Um, I was I was full-grown adult. <laughs> full-grown adult lesbian. <laughs> looking, for, looking forward to this show as soon as I heard it was coming out. I had a friend that would come over. One of our, our old friends uh, would come over and we would do a watch party every night, every mm-hmm. Sunday night when it was on. Back then, the L word, was, there hadn't been anything like it mm-hmm. that I could look to before you know a show about a group of lesbian friends but it was a show that while I was interested in it caught up in it I'm still a fan of it it had its problems representation which is you know the hot topic the hot word and the thing that we're all so interested in now was definitely one of its problems did you watch the L word when did you start watching well, the L word? okay so I just made, did the math I was nine when it came out okay. but I started watching it and watched it when I was 13 so I was, and it was, I was still fairly young. And this was, again, like you said, representation. That wasn't a big thing back then. Like that wasn't like, you know, it, it kind of did, like what you were saying. It was the first thing of its kind for you that you saw. It was the first thing that I really saw too, because like I wasn't looking for that before then. Mm-hmm. So like I was immediately drawn to it and I did watch all of it. Mm-hmm. I've watched all of it multiple times. Oh, I have too. Um, but I I also, while watching, it was like, this is kind of problematic. 
Like, I could see that there were things that were wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But I was also like, it's the best we've got. It's the best we've got. As I'm watching it, the original, I'm like, I'm into this. But parts of it make me feel icky. Make me Yes. That, that's that's kind of what I mean. Like, I, it was the first time that I, one, saw myself represented, but two, I was like, this is not right. <laughs> like, there was parts of it that made me feel uncomfortable with, like, how they were handling it. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of criticism as being very biphobic, mm-hmm. especially transphobic, or just not even, not even transphobic, but just completely handling portrayal of trans characters wrong. Yeah, the whole Mac situation, <sighs> we don't even want to talk about the fact that it existed. I skipped through those parts. The The worst part of that for me, and it, just thinking about it so cringeworthy, is that party for Max, the shower. The shower. I That's immediately what I think of when I talk about Max, because it's awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seemed then like... Like I said, icky, not right. Like this is I, this doesn't feel good when I'm watching this. But now looking back on it, and and so a, a generation of people, between you and me, even mm-hmm. really have poor feelings for the L word, and understandable yeah. because they've come up in a different time and are, are much more aware of being more politically correct and more decent and and human about things than maybe the L word originally was. Mm-hmm. So when it, it was announced that they were rebooting this. I was like, yes, you know, very happy. But then I was like, oh, this is immediately going to start all of the, you know, well, this show was horrible in the first place. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to support it. Mm-hmm. And and I could not get behind that because, you know, you have to allow people and even like things like television shows and creators and writers and actors to learn and try to do better. And I think mm-hmm. they, I, what I read, they felt they could do better. So I wanted to give it a shot. That's that's exactly the same way that I felt. I, I for a while just tried to keep my expectations very very low for this show. When I first heard that we were gonna get it, I wasn't even sure that that was true. Like I wasn't sure it was gonna make it to actually being put out mm-hmm. because I've seen so many things in the past that are just like we're gonna do this and then they make some of it and then it never comes out. So I wasn't sure, mm-hmm. but then the trailer comes out and I tried not to get too excited about the trailer. But, like, slowly I was like, this is something I'm going to watch. Like, I know it's something I'm going to watch. Like, for better or worse, like, the L word was the first thing for this community. Mm-hmm. And this is their chance to take it up that next step. And I think we all need to give them that chance to do that. One thing that I was super pleased with was that it wasn't a complete reboot in that they were just going to go back uh-huh. and redo the same story we were going to have a different bet and tina we were gonna have a different shane a different alice with current new hot actors and that it was going to be just retelling the same stories you know like they do when they put out so many of the like movie classic movie reboots and things that they're doing now Mm -hmm. i'm glad that this has kept three of our main characters bet shane and alice who honestly are three that like you, they, you know, I'm glad that those are the three that they brought. There's others that I would love to yeah. see pop back up, but I think that's they were the core, really. Other people would say Dana, but you know, then Dana wasn't around for the full run, sadly, of the show. We could just get ghost Dana everywhere. Like she just hangs out in the bar and like is sassy at everybody. Like I'd love that. 
<laughs> yeah, or like awkwardly tries to ghost flirt with people and we get yes. to laugh at her every week. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh, God. I really wish that like in a drunken state, Finley and or Tess, because now we saw what they did together, yeah. would like be sitting there and Dana just popped up and just like, well, wow, y'all just made like this big old mistake. What are y'all doing? <laughs> Like, I, I would love for her to just pop up and sass everybody for being bad. Okay, so before we start our musings on this, I know that you wrote down um, all the characters that you had went and had a few things about them. But let's let's give the listeners, maybe who haven't given it a chance yet, or people who have watched it, let's let's list these characters so they'll okay. we're not just randomly popping names out and people don't know who we're talking <laughs> about. Give us your character, you know, a quick character rundown. Uh, okay, so we've got Finley, mm-hmm. which is our um, okay. queer mess character. Okay, so beyond our three returning, we got we know we oh, have. Oh yes, we know we, we should have, start with that. Yeah, we know <laughs> we have Bet, Alice, and Shane. Okay, which if you don't know them, then I don't know how yeah. you know us. Yeah, we don't. Um, we don't need to recap them. We can. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and let's start with so Finley. Finley is our queer mess. She's awkward. She's got a lot of family trauma, a lot of religious guilt, and she's just trying to make it in her best queer way in life, and all she likes to do is drink at this point. She is the lesbian train wreck of this yes. show. Yes. And we all know one of those. We mm-hmm. all know one of those. We do. We drew up with them, usually. So then we've got Sophie. Sophie is very family-oriented. She is a PA for Alice's show. Uh, I should also mention Finley also works with Alice's show. Mm-hmm. Like that's they know each other from work, I think. Um, Sophie, she's kind. She's good. She's not really as combative as her counterpart, Danny. Okay, kind, good. She's also a lot. Oh, <laughs> see, you feel differently about her. Than I, do, I do. I do feel differently. When you say she's not as combative, she's combative just in a passive-aggressive way. I guess that makes sense. This girl will not quit whining and complaining and asking for things. Oh, I have a lot to say about that and about, like, Danny and Sophie as yeah. a whole. Yeah, they, we need to talk about them as a couple. Okay, so let's hit our let's hit our next person. So we're on to Danny. Danny was raised by a family that had lots of money. It's not to say that she didn't work hard. She always worked for her dad's company and their money comes from drugs like they make pharmaceuticals and we all know who has had drug problems in the past with the shows and mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's a problematic field so danny is our power driven lesbian she works hard she gets what she wants done and if she doesn't get her way then she's going to fight with you about it and say look i know you think you're doing the right thing but you're wrong She's the bet porter of the pharmaceutical world, only that she benefited from the nepotism of working in her family company. But they correct. have very similar characteristics. I think they're trying to push for Sophie and Danny to be Artina and Bet, and it's not great. <laughs> okay, who's next? We've got Micah. He is our uh, our nice, lovely, kind of boring. Uh, character that plays the trans man like we we finally get a good trans representation that they're doing accurately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as far as I can tell now I'm not going to speak on behalf of the trans community right. that is not my place yeah we'll take feedback in the comments on our posts Please. about that we would love to hear everyone's opinion because we are not in a place to 
really comment on it. No. From an educated, super educated personal standpoint. So we won't. I will say, as far as Micah, I can't really say I know too much about him. Um, because they have not told us anything. He, We don't know if he really has a job. We know that he did a lecture at a university and got a gift card. <laughs> so, he is our university lecturer that sometimes gets gift cards. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you can't get all your pay in gift cards. I mean, gift cards no. nice every once in a while. But it depends on what I guess your job is. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that's all he's getting. But let's also say that... Go with the secondary characters, too. Well, Sophie... And Danny and Micah seem to live together. Yes. I think. It appears that way. <laughs> it's it's a complex of sort. I'm going to say by the size of these places, apartments or whatever they are, that they're condos, maybe? I was thinking like a townhouse. Okay. Because it's got an upstairs, downstairs. Well, if they're renting, I can't imagine what that fucking rent is in that place. Because it's like, <laughs> a, it's like some sort of villa that they are uh-huh. living in there. Um, Sophie's a PA for Alice. It's a first season struggling to find its footing talk show. Also, <laughs> what network is this talk show on? Because they are dropping the F-bombs. I was like, what channel's got Alice on where she's cursing like a sailor on here? They could be on Logo or Oxygen. Well, Both of those are like privately owned so they can do what they want. Yeah. I mean, well, we know she's not on like the afternoon. You know, she's not got That's El- true. She's not yeah. got Ellen's spot. <laughs> so anyway, they live in a really nice posh place, which I want to see nice stuff on TV. I mean, I want to see beautiful scenery and nice homes and try to figure out what place the prop person bought the, you know, blender from. <laughs> you know, I noticed that they have, you know, uh, target sheets and things like that. On, they do, yes. On this show. I like seeing that stuff. But it's just, again, it's a little, that is one thing where it's a little bit out of place. You know, Finley says she lives in a an apartment with five girls in mm-hmm. Koreatown or something. We're not seeing mm-hmm. that apartment. They're not showing that to us. Finley hasn't stayed there since the show started. I don't blame she her. She's stayed everywhere but there. And I think it's because they don't know where to show us that. <laughs> yeah. They don't want like, us to see that. <laughs> no. But then we've also got some secondary characters that we should mention. We've got Tess, which uh, works at the bar that Shane owns. Worked there before. It was Shane's bar. Mm-hmm. Who was dating Lena, who also worked at the bar that Shane owned. Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll go further into detail with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also got Rebecca, who is the preacher slash minister that Finley um, kind of has a thing with. And then we've also got Nat, that plays Alice's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Nat's ex-wife, Gigi. Of course, because if you've... You know, if you're dating someone, you're you're involved with their ex-girlfriend, their ex-wife. It just happens. We've also got, new to the cast, we've got Kira, mm-hmm. whom is Shane's ex-wife? Wife? We don't really know at this point because it's up in the air. One person signed divorce papers. The other one, we don't know what's going on. So I'm gonna Exa- one no. served them. One signed them. We're not sure. <laughs> yeah. um, we've also, we get to see baby Angie all grown up. Mm-hmm. She's about 13, 14 years old now, right? I think that. Yeah. Yeah. Early in either yes. early in high school or like at the end of middle school. Age. Yeah. So that's the Bet and Tina's daughter. Yes. We get to see her as a human being now. She's not just a tiny child, which is great. Being kidnapped and carried around by <laughs> Mama B. Yeah. Dear God, I love that they still use like the terms of Mama such and such. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it cracks me up. <laughs> We've also got Angie's friend, Jordy. Yeah. Jordy? Jordy. Yeah, Jordy. Yeah. Which she's she's just a you know a young teenager that's good good friends with Angie. <laughs> I mean, we all picked up on those little vibes of what's going on there, and the fact that you know Ben uh-huh. and Tina have this daughter, and they are the most crazy queer power couple. They're, Dysfunctional yeah, queer power yeah, couple. They're not having a a, a hetero kid. They're just <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no not at all. Because <laughs> then they wouldn't be able to, I don't know, get involved in her trauma. But I think that that's all of the secondary characters, or yeah. am I missing somebody? That, that's mostly everybody that that's come to the front so far or that we would discuss anything with. First off, first episode, we are we start off with an opening sex scene. Uh-huh. 2020, they're giving us what we want. <laughs> that's essentially what they thought they were doing right there. They were just like... All right, you you need to know you're watching the L word, and this is gonna happen a lot. Yeah, it, you know, and that parallels back to the first episode of the original. I mean, we had we had some some business going on in that first episode too, but what this season has done is kept it going. Yeah, there. I. Mm-hmm. That's a comment that was made to me while I was watching it yesterday on the TV because I've been watching every episode on my phone like the day after it comes out. So Tiff hasn't actually seen much of it. Um. But I was watching it, and she goes, what is on my good Christian television? What are you doing? She was like, is that porn on my good Christian television? I said, well, it's the L word, but you might be right. (laughs) Yeah, that was, the opening scene was, you know, so the original L word, I looked it up, had 70 episodes. Mm -hmm. And probably had seven good sex scenes through the whole 70 episodes. Maybe 10. Yeah. Maybe 10. Maybe 10, but about 90% of those were like, Shane. Yeah. And Carmen. Yeah. Or Shane and... Some... Uh, Paige. Yeah. Shane and Paige was real good together. Yeah. I liked them. Shane and um, whatever the character's name, Roseanne Arquette's character, the the housewife, oh, the yeah. rich wife. Um, so anyway, they they were few <laughs> and far between. They were very short. They weren't super graphic. And I'm, I'm not wanting graphic, but, you know, like, I don't want everything to be, like, uh, male gazy either. You know, mm-hmm. and so I was wondering if the L word, and I'm sure they did, has jumped on board with the uh, intimacy coordinator that we've seen pop up in so many other shows, where they bring someone in to speak with the director and the actors, and to basically like educate, and to also, um, you know, in this Me Too type generation that we have going on, make sure everyone's okay, make sure everyone's comfortable. What's your limits? What are you okay with? What are you not? And how can we best represent this? I know that uh, the Carmilla movie had a great example of that with the the scene with the two mm-hmm. main characters in that. I know Gentleman Jack has got, um, I think they brought in the lesbian Kama Sutra for the actresses. That's there. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's like, okay, yeah, I got to go to work and got to study for this part. Oh, oh, lesbian Kama Sutra. Okay. <laughs> it's a good little surprise to like lighten your mood. So they started off off literally with a bang, and then I'm glad that it's so far through five episodes it's carried through, because we we need we need that we need to see that. I'm glad it's not just one character. Yeah, like I'm glad that they've got each character having their own intimacy with different characters and having their own intimacy issues. Right. Like that's also something we didn't see a lot of in the first, you know, in the first series. There wasn't a lot of like. 
tentatively like being intimate with somebody mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was just like we're gonna dive headfirst into this mm-hmm. like f everybody else mm-hmm. but we're seeing people that really know the gravity of what they're doing in this show right and we're seeing all kinds of interactions we're seeing long-standing couples we're seeing um first times we're seeing those tinder grinder hookups all the <laughs> the the spectrum of sexuality mm-hmm. for these characters so i think that something that we should talk about is throughout all the episodes like i'm not talking about one we've got this parallel of sophie and danny and will they get married won't they get married mm. because did we start off you know start with a bang sex scene with them and the comment immediately well, you haven't proposed. So, you know, we see the proposal, like, very swiftly after. But then within that same episode, we see them fighting and mad at each other. And that's been every single episode. Yep, they're that couple. I would like to have one episode where they <laughs> do not almost break up or get into some fight where one is crying and hiding. Like, just, just one episode where it's the whole episode. Yeah, and they're doing that thing that's so frustrating in in all movies and film, it seems, where you could solve this argument if you would just not stand there silently and actually say the thing that you need to say to the person mm-hmm. instead of just leaving it, like, out there. Mm-hmm. Like, someone's like, why won't you talk to me? Well, and all these things, you know, you're so distant. And then you just, like, make a glaring, beautiful face and turn away from the camera and no, uh-huh. nothing ever happens. Exactly. That happens they in never e- acknowledge it. It happens in every episode with these two. So they're going to be that couple. And again, just like the train wreck lesbian, we all know that couple mm-hmm. where it's almost like they're feeding off of the fighting. And is that, does that go back to apprehension about marriage, being scared about getting married or just where they're at in their lives? Who knows? Or is it who they are as people? Like yeah. that's, that's what we really like need to see if that's who they really are. What else is going on uh, with, let's say, what's up with Bet? What's Bet Porter doing? Bet is running for mayor. Of course. Power lesbian. Yeah. She was head of, what was it, the FCC or the MCC? Is it the MCC? Uh, Way back in the day. Um, I can't C-A-C. remember. CAC. Yeah. CAC sounds right. Anyway, she's been the cultural something-something muckety-muck of uh-huh. Los Angeles and then decided to run for mayor. And she's got this secret you know, really big reason that she's running that everyone dances around and no one actually says of why she's so passionate about running for office. So that's going to become a running theme for us of why is this so important to bet? I mean, they did kind of tell us. Not, not, in, not for, not till later on in the show. I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is later on in the show. We are at the halfway point. Okay. Yeah. First episode, we don't know that, but it gets brought up several times and we all know what it is. They don't have to do that. Yes. I will say that episode where they tell us, I called it um, the ghost episode Mm -hmm. because it's also when we get the name of the bar and we talk about Dana for the first time. So. Um, So we're, spoiler alert, uh, you know, it comes down to that things have, something has affected Bet very deeply and that's why she clashes with Danny and the pharmaceutical company that her dad owns because Mm -hmm. Kit Porter Bet's sister has apparently died of a heroin overdose. Now, is my memory failing me, or wasn't Kit's real problem alcohol? I was about to say, she was an alcoholic. Yeah, I never... I didn't know she did drugs. Yeah. Like, hardcore drugs. Yeah. Maybe after her son kind of turned away from her completely, she 
turn to drugs. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe at some point we'll get that story. But I hate that. I love Pam Greer, and I actually uh-huh. really really liked Kit, and I liked her portrayal, and I liked Bet and Kit together. And so I hate that. That's you know. I wish that they had just been estranged from each other over a drug issue uh-huh. or something. But I agree. <laughs> so, yeah. Bet is running for mayor. And that's going to be a part a storyline that go, you know causes all kinds of other characters to come in and out of Bet's world. It's also a big storyline with the fact of it's, you know, she'll be the first woman to like be elected mayor. She'll be the first queer woman to be elected mayor mm-hmm. of uh is it Los Angeles County that they're in? Yeah. Okay. So that's that's a big part of her story this this year, mm-hmm. this season. Alice, Alice, as we previously mentioned, <laughs> has her her blog. I guess that her podcast was bought. It was a blog to a podcast. I don't know. Blog to radio show to podcast to TV show. And she's just right up the ladder there of, of yes. lesbian communication. So her, her <laughs> podcast was bought and they made her you know, a talk show host. And that's where we get to bring in the world of all the PAs that will somehow be able to relate with, with Bet And also Shane, who we're going to have come back here shortly in the show. Alice has a new girlfriend in this Nat that you mentioned. I love Nat. I love the actress that plays Nat. I was going to say played by Tig Nataro's wife. Yes, Stephanie Allen. Or I, guess, I can't say your last name. I can't name. say the last. If we're saying it wrong, <laughs> we're very sorry. We love you, and we would never mispronounce your name if we knew how to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love her, love her. So as my favorite thing is that she is on this show. Mm-hmm. The interaction between them is great. The interaction with the ex-wife who has come back into the picture is great. The comedic timing, all of it. They're just lovely. And mm-hmm. I, they balance each other out really well. Yes, Alice. That's what Alice is doing. She's got her show, which is going to allow characters to float in and out. And then we see the, I'm assuming a private jet land. Yeah. <laughs> and we get the you know edgy rock Red music carpet. Yeah, the edgy rock music starts playing on the soundtrack, and who comes down off the steps? Shane. Of course it's Shane. <laughs> and of course the first thing you see is Shane hitting on the freaking flight attendant and then they go home and have sex. <laughs> well, I think the flight attendant hits on her because that's Shane's MO. Sh- uh, you're right. Shane, you're right Shane doesn't make that first move, really. I mean, Shane ev- doesn't have to. No, everyone makes the first move on Shane. And, you know, in the original series, I have to say, I never got it. I got the character of Shane, but I never got the attraction. Just not my thing. I agree. Not my thing whatsoever. But what I will say, Generation Q, Shane, all about it. I agree with that. She has had her own glow up. There's something about adult, like adult tragic confident, to, seems to have sort of things together, Shane. I think that's because she figured out her hair. Honest to God. That's something I've talked about a lot. I think that the reason that now there's more appeal to Shane, she finally figured out her hair. Yes. Like, that 90s hair, oh, God, it was bad. Mm-hmm. It was very bad. Alice had bad hair days, too. So, that, that's something we can say about the show as a whole. Mm-hmm. Our OG people mm-hmm. figured out what hair is and what to do. Bet Porter never had a bad hair day in her life and shut your mouth over there talking that, about <laughs> Okay, okay. I mean, I wasn't a fan of the bun with the weird, like, pop bang, but, you know, that's okay. 
It wasn't as bad as what Shane and Alice did. They've no. committed crimes. No, and she's figured out the fashion thing too, like the little, you know, uh, trim pants with the white, you know, tailored button down and a little jacket kind of thing. Because in that mm-hmm. first episode of the original show, at the end when she comes tootling down the street, when Shane does in that leather <laughs> lace up vest halter combo the thing we thing? get to see again at her birthday party yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> man i don't know i was just like this is this i mean i got edward scissorhands going on with the hair and the outfit <laughs> on that so i'm loving new shane though but yes you're right immediately of course she's making out with the i'm assuming that was some sort of concierge or something there for that airlines uh-huh. and and you know back there at the at the lovely home she now has bought since she's apparently been off and had a salon in paris and mm-hmm. was new york maybe the other was it new york no, or i think they said new york i think yeah. yeah so she got her hair business together quit cutting it in the back of that skate shop <laughs> <laughs> and became i guess the vidal sassoon of lesbian hairstylist god when you forget about the first show like wow <laughs> hair salon in a skate shop what who other than a lesbian would do that like <laughs> it was, and there was a graffiti artist and there was a clothing line being done in there there were screen printing t-shirts there was people playing music oh my god Woo. it's like every bad idea every kickstarter idea all in one building uh-huh it was a Kickstarter skate park. What do you mean? <laughs> so, that ep- the first episode, like pilots, introductory introductory episode. We we needed to get our bearings on what people had been doing and who these new people were and how they were going to relate to uh, our characters that we already knew. Moving on, I don't think we should do a episode. We don't have a ton of time. I don't think we should do a blow by blow uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's just talk about. Like how I'm saying, you know, that I, I like New Shane. Like, what are some things that you, some feelings you're having about this season of the show? I think that my feeling with the show is that it's doing better. It is. Mm-hmm. But it's still not exactly hitting the nail on the head with the right side of the hammer. Like, it's like you're hitting it with the back side of the hammer and not the one you're supposed to be hitting with. Because they're trying. Mm-hmm. They really are. Mm-hmm. And as far as characters go they're fine they're fine the new characters yes the new characters are fine i will say for myself i find myself getting very bored with micah with the fact of he just doesn't have a story yeah yeah like they're they've been pushing and making his story that he's trans and that is not the representation that we need for trans people Mm -hmm. he needs a full life yeah, they're doing better than they did in the original series, as we've stated. Yes. But, I mean, there wasn't much of a, a ceiling there. I mean, it's like it was in the basement. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing better. But, yes, they don't. They haven't given him anything to do other than be worried about the uh, fellow in the apartment complex or the villa that he finds cute and attractive and is suddenly thrown together with by Finley and how are how are they going to relate? We've gotten some intimate scenes with them. Um, I have to say that I really like that the the boyfriend slash new neighbor guy character a lot. But again, he's not doing anything either. I mean, Jose's at least got the fact that he is the maintenance guy. Yeah. And that he does art. Yes. He's got two things. And Micah has, still doesn't have any. Zero things. And Micah's supposed to be our main trans character. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that upsets me a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
But I think something else that we should talk about character-wise is the bringing in of secondary characters like Lena and Tess. Okay. And the actresses that play those. Yes. I personally, at first, I didn't want to like Tess's character. She Mm -hmm. seemed kind of uptight, kind of high-energy, high-strung, uptight. But within the last couple episodes... I think it might just be because I like Jamie Clayton so much. I love Jamie Clayton. I was like excited visibly when <laughs> when she popped up. I was I like, paused oh, it. yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, Jamie Clayton always used to fool me. I was like, no, oh, Jamie Clayton's in this. You know, it's like uh-huh. I was. Stacy's like, who? What? You know? I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Just watch. Um, so I got super excited about that. Okay, back up one second. When they're in the bar, uh, Shane Shane buys a bar. So we're gonna tell you all that Shane buys that bar. <laughs> Whenever Tess comes by and and Shane, you know, lets Shane know that she knows who Shane is and that she's a legend mm-hmm. and everyone knows, and she kind of taps and says, "So glad to see another or another girl like me or girls like us in this bar." Girls like us, yeah. Does she think Shane is trans? I never thought about that. The second time I watched it, it struck me as like I just thought she meant legend like that she was a legend too the first time <laughs> but now i'm like was she maybe thinking shane girls like us you know it's just that phrase that turn of phrase got me See, wondering i thought she just meant queer and and because it's not yeah. a gay bar anymore yeah and, and maybe yeah it, but upon watching it because shane gives a weird response back kind of a like a head shake almost and like a what kind of you know head pull and so i thought maybe you know you're right like i do see what you're saying it could it could be that mm-hmm. but also like i think it might just be shane's pullback might just be like oh you're a lot yeah <laughs> like you're yeah. you're a lot yeah you're, you're, you're gonna be a thing for me yeah. yeah yeah okay so um again yes didn't mean to hijack that from you but no, I... you're right though i i no, you're right but i there was something about jamie clayton being in the show mm-hmm and I really didn't want to like her character. I really didn't. Because she just seemed high strung. But then the more that we watched it and the more we got into it and, you know, we see how wrong Lena is. We see the dynamic of their relationship. Uh-huh. Very swiftly. It makes sense to why she is a little on edge mm-hmm. and suspicious and just kind of... That- we also find out, you know, she's a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like, she's in AA. Like, she's... She's gone through something. She's got more dimension than Micah does. Yes. And that makes me sad. All right. Let's talk about Danny and Sophie because I know we both have feelings. We've discovered that we have differing, maybe differing feelings about them. It's possible. (laughs) I, I feel like you are right in that Sophie is passive aggressively domineering. Mm -hmm. She is. Mm -hmm. She, she tries to micromanage Danny into telling her things and, you know, doing what she wants. My take on Sophie is that Sophie comes from a very supportive family, a -hmm. family she's very involved with. They're around. We've seen her family multiple times. See them be very supportive of Danny, of the fact that they're engaged, getting engaged Mm -hmm. and are engaged. They're wedding planning they socialize even just with each other at Sophie and Danny's home. Mm-hmm. And I think that Sophie does not realize that Danny has none of that. Yeah. You, you're right about that. Yeah. Family jealousy is a rough thing. It's very rough. Yeah. I had 
a lot of issues with that, like to just get totally completely personal after my mother passed away, mm-hmm. to be very jealous that my wife still had her mom and her dad. Uh-huh. I understand that a lot. That creeps into your relationship. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, you can take things out on someone that you that is not their fault that they still have their parents or that they have a mm-hmm. good relationship with their parents, that their family is very accepting and involved in those things and that you feel like a... Uh, a deficit because you don't have that mm-hmm. anymore because I I did have a my, my mother very supportive my whole family but my mom died you know mm-hmm. and so you don't want to be that person who's like well you have this family and you you have all that you can't understand where I'm coming from so in a different turn to that with Danny she doesn't have her mother anymore mm-hmm. um, her father is she obviously wants his approval and to be loved and, and wants this relationship to be accepted. And that's a struggle and an issue for her that Sophie cannot understand. That is, there's something about that story, which I think is why I do like, I, out of the two, I like Danny more. Me too. I feel like I relate to Danny a lot with this thing she's going through with her family mm-hmm. because that's kind of where I am right now. Like it, and, and I, there's not much you can do about it except for just, feel it and mm-hmm. it's rough <laughs> right but i mean like it, her dad thinks he knows and is doing what's best for her mm-hmm. like he's he's trying to still be a part of her life but in the wrong way and i can identify with that i have a son and for many 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 years of his growing up and in his early adulthood wanted him to be and do the things that i knew were good and best for him because you have that thing where I, I've already been there and done this. I see the pitfalls that you were falling right into or that you were aligning yourself with and tried to control him. And Mm -hmm. it did nothing but make me physically ill to the point of like my, my stress and anxiety was through the roof. It didn't damage our relationship. It put a strain on it. But once I learned to just like let go and, and be like, he just has to find his own way. It's been such a better place. If I have any advice to people, <laughs> like just let let things go. It's it's either going to work out or it's not. But you're going to kill yourself trying to make it because you can't make uh-huh. you can't make anybody else do what you think they need to do. So I, I see that. I don't know that that's going to happen with the you know if we lose that tension in in this storyline. I don't know what Sophie will have to bitch about. That's actually true. <laughs> Because there's nothing else that she complains more about than Danny's father. Mm-hmm. And granted, he's done some horrible things. That that uh, that prenup was bad. That prenup is bad. Yeah, like if you have a kid, it's part of our family. If she has a kid, I want no part of it, and they're not getting any of the money. Uh, it's bad. I mean, it's kind of in the same that 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 kind of reminded me of what happened with Bet and Tina and Bet's dad. Mm-hmm. Like the way that you know, the way that he treated Tina forever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's happening uh, that we're seeing in a different way, but the same light mm-hmm. with Danny and Sophie mm-hmm. and Danny's family. Now they do have some legitimate issues. Like uh, Danny's going to quit that job, and after she has a meeting with Bed and she gets inspired to do better and be better, do something you know, to help rather than contribute to the problem and cover up problems. So she goes to work for the campaign. Does not consult her girlfriend that she lives with as she's engaged to building a life with as she's switching yep. career paths. <laughs> here's, here's the number one thing that they need to just, we'll say it right now, they need to get it out, talk to each other. Yes. This is the number one thing that I've, that 
I've seen people say, and I've said about so many shows, the biggest thing if Carmilla talked to each other, that we just would, would yell at the main characters. This is all I want Sophie and Danny to do. Yeah. Just literally, like, talk to each other. Speak. Use your words. Don't just, you know, have sex and then get mad. <laughs> That's literally their relationship. Like, it's, it's either they're exchanging rings, they're having sex, or they're yelling at each other. That's all I've seen from them. Yeah, I know a lot of people like that, though. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, you you must know a lot more people than I do because I know most people have a couple more dimensions than that. Yeah, it's mostly straight folks that I know that are like that. Though, uh, okay, so. <laughs> See, they don't have very many dimensions. Okay, we've got Sophie and Danny, and we think that you know we know what will fix them. What who else we need to discuss from these early ongoing? Shane and Kiara. Okay, so Shane, we discover got married. Shane, who walked out and left our lovely Carmen in the original, which was heartbreaking. <laughs> you know how bad I wished when they said, that's my ex-wife, that it was just Carmen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal in, in the original show, is that that was one thing, much like Danny and Sophie, um, Shane and Carmen did not talk to each other. And uh, it leads to Shane leaving her at the altar, which was so sad for wonderful Carmen one of my favorite <laughs> yeah and I really liked Shane and Carmen together that was one of my favorite mm -hmm. uh ships on the on the show so apparently they I don't think we know how long they've been married or together I don't think that's been established but something has happened and they are apart and we do discover later that it seems that the issue is Kiara wants to have children it seems like Kiara is also like a performer a singer or something isn't she yes she's a musician she's a world-renowned, like, travels the world yeah. musician. Yeah, and when she walked into the party the first time that we see her, you know, we've only heard the name and seen text messages. We've not seen her. Stunning. I mean, it was like, mm -hmm. Rih it was like Rihanna and Halsey had a love child. I mean... Oh, God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. And so you now you're like, okay, this is the one that got Shane. Okay, I see. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're having their issues, and Shane has been dodging the divorce papers and then finley of course trainwreck finley signs for the damn things and <laughs> that would have gotten her kicked out of my house if it, i'd been i wouldn't be like i would have been like take your bench you're out there like just take it with you you're gonna sleep on that <laughs> that's gonna be a an issue for shane is figuring this out and then we do have kiara comes back into the picture and is actually in in the show and it seems like they still do love each other and that's, it's not for the fact of not loving each other, really. So I think we're going to get a lot of complications and a lot more of them in the show from that. We're going long on this episode, Beck. I think that we've, we've still got some things we need to talk about. But I also think that we've been talking about this for a little bit here. So maybe we should, you know, just put the torch down for right now. We'll pick it back up within our next episode. And we'll continue to let you guys know about all the different things that are happening with the L word that we think so much about, even when we're not watching it. <laughs> we should have probably done this episode a little bit earlier, maybe after one or two had aired, but we let it go to five. And so there's a, been a lot of content. That's a good thing. There's, there's a lot of stuff that's happened. I'm totally caught up in this show. My wife's actually watching this one. She watched like two of the first one and said, I hate these people and went to bed and never got back up for mm. 10 years. So <laughs> <laughs> She just slept. Yeah. for 10 years <laughs> yeah and so when i first started watching this i said are you gonna watch this with me or not you know and she uh, now she's all up into it it's like 
when Bet Porter starts to make uh-huh. a bad Bet Porter decision, she goes, "Oh, great, here we go!" Like she watched the whole first show and has any idea. <laughs> She's heard yeah. me talk about it forever. Exactly. Look, I caught Tiffany doing the same thing. She won't watch the first one at all. But yesterday I was watching it, and I kept ca- catching her sitting next to me and not moving. Yeah. Like she kept. She was like, "I'm cleaning," and she come in the room for like five minutes and stay for like a whole episode. And I was like, yeah. "Uh huh. You don't like this show, right?" Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's a good sign. Maybe it's doing something better for people other than just those that were fans of the first one. So let's stop where we're at. We're going to keep talking, and then we're going to cut this up into two episodes. So we're going to give you two weeks in a row of L Word content. You know, just like they're giving us what we want, we're going to give you what you want. Beck, where can people find us now on the web if they want to search down old episodes or just you know follow us and keep up with what we're doing now? Well, first of all, you can always find us on Anchor. Just search for our name. Mm-hmm. But if you want to find us on any social medias, you can find us at Gay Stuff Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Do we have any other ones? I think those are our three right now. That's it. i fiddling around with the idea, tinkering around with the idea of doing a Facebook private group. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, I've gotten into the Shipton After Dark Facebook group, and I really enjoy the interactions there because it's a place where you, maybe you're not, completely out on your social medias i mean we are we couldn't we couldn't be any more out but if you're not out it's a private group where you can go and you know aunt betty and uncle joe won't see you posting about the l word mm-hmm. or whatever and you can come in there it's no holds barred whatever you want to talk about in relation to queer media anything about any of the shows we talk about anything that you want to share or bring up but it would be a private group thinking about doing that so we'll 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 let you guys know when that thing is up so yeah, also you can find me at Butch and Sissy on Twitter and Instagram, and you can visit my website, butchandsissy.co, and I do have some L Word merch on there if you guys are interested, in addition to all other types of queer pins, patches, stickers, shirts, uh, I've got my Vanless collaboration with Natasha Nega Vanless on there, and what's your handle? I am at Tiny Gay Cookie across all social media, and I have nothing else to promo. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay this is all i do i'm gonna keep you busy with this don't you worry <laughs> um so if you if you like what we're doing and you want to keep listening to us please hit subscribe and you can subscribe at anchor or follow us on spotify um we're on apple podcasts anywhere you listen stitcher uh just subscribe and sign up for the notifications so that you know when we put a new episode up because we promise they're going to be coming at you faster than before all right beck let's uh Let's let these folks go, but let's talk a little bit more about our friends in Silver Lake. (laughs) Silver Lake, okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.